Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look at him streak down that track. He's crossed the finish line in 10 seconds flat. He's failing his Cheerios. Yes, Cheerios, that energizing breakfast cereal made from oats. Good, old-fashioned, nourishing oats, all ready to eat. And now, Cheerios presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game. Public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Brett Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Brett Reed in the thrilling adventure of Double Play. Boys and girls, don't you be a put-it-off, or you may miss out on getting your Lone Ranger Frontier Town. Orders are pouring in by the thousands, and tonight is definitely and positively the last time we can tell you about this amazing Cheerios offer. So have pencil and paper ready, and I'll tell you all about it in just a few minutes. Higgins was one of the very few people who knew that Britt Reed, owner of the Metropolitan newspaper, the Daily Sentinel, was the Green Hornet. And from time to time, he called on the young publisher for assistance. The two had finished a pleasant luncheon at the Civic Club. They stood at the entrance, waiting for Britt's car to be brought around from the garage. Oh, I'd rather take a beating than go back to headquarters this afternoon. Because of a petty hoodlum like Marty Thurber? Yes. Little rat gets under my skin. We're virtually certain he's the one who tried to steal the Nettleton jewels. We can't make a case against him, and he knows it. You've picked him up before, haven't you, Commissioner Higgins? Four times. We've had to let him go for lack of evidence. What happens to the witnesses? Intimidation. Thurber has influential pals with persuasive ways. I can just hear him laughing at me when we turn him loose. You know, I'd give a month's pay to put that crook behind bars. Is he that important? He is to me. It's a matter of pride. I don't like it, Britt, when a character like Thurber laughs in my face, and he's done it three times. I wish there was some way I could help you. Well, there isn't. We won't get Thurber until we get him in the act with no opportunity to furnish an alibi and a witness who can't be intimidated. I was... Hey, look out there! Hey, look, that man. He's hurt. Come on. He stepped right in front of the car. All right, make way there. Let me through. The guy's hurt bad. He's not moving. Where's the driver of the car? Here I am. It wasn't my fault. He stepped right in front of me. Get back. Give the man some air. Oh, who's talking? It's the police commissioner. Do as he says. Oh. I, I couldn't stop. I didn't have a chance. He's right. I saw the whole thing. I'll take your name as a witness. Let's see how bad the man's hurt. Someone had better send for an ambulance. Here's the doorman from the civic club. Hey, Sam. Call police headquarters and tell them to send the ambulance right away. Yes, Mr. Reed. Fifteen years of driving, never an accident. I, I tell you, it wasn't my fault. Stop whining and get the names of witnesses. You'll need them. Yeah. Well, I saw the whole thing. Here's my card. Badly hurt, isn't he, Commissioner? Yes. Regaining consciousness. Letter. Letter in my coat. The only way. Take it easy, brother. Ambulance is on the way. You'll be taken care of. Letter. 
letter inside. Coat pocket. Get the letter. Oh. He's passed out again. He said something about a letter in his coat pocket. Maybe it'll tell who he is. Time enough for that after we get him to the hospital. It was late afternoon of the same day when Britt Reed told his secretary, Lenore Case, and Michael Axford about the accident. It was obviously suicide, Miss Case. The name is Andrew Clark. Uh, here are my notes. Hang on to them. Shall I do a follow-up on the first edition story? Not just yet. Wait till I hear from Lowry. I've asked him to get some information on a man named Edward Bixby. Bixby? What's he got to do with Clark's committing suicide? Clark had a letter in his pocket. A suicide note in which he blames Bixby for everything that happened to him. Well, here's Lowry now. Uh, how about it, Lowry? Did you get the facts I wanted? Yeah, boss. Bixby deals in real estate. He offers loans on property, buys up land contracts, and so forth. Is the firm legitimate? It is on the surface. What's under the surface? Well, in the first place, if a man wants to borrow money on his property, he goes to Bixby and fills out an application, which is also an order for an appraisal. Bixby charges far in excess of the usual appraisal fee, then tax on a lot of extra service charges. I see. The victim pays that whether he gets the loan or not. Even if Bixby's charges are excessive, there's a, a limit to how far he can go. I don't see how he can make much of a racket out of that. Ah, uh-huh, but wait, boss. That's only the beginning. But what's the rest? The ones who pay through the nose are the ones who actually borrow cash from Bixby. Oh, how? Interest. Outrageous interest discounted in advance. Oh. Some fellow who's badly in need of a certain amount of cash goes to Bixby, says he wants to borrow three or $4,000. After he's paid the appraisal fee and all the other charges, he signs notes for, uh, well, let's say 4000 but he'll only get about 3200 Oh, how does Bixby get away with that? He just shows interest figures and charges and tells them to take it or leave it. <laughs> In most cases, they have to take it. Uh, but golly, Lowry, don't they squawk? Sure they squawk. Better Business Bureau has a file of complaints, but nothing can be proved. Bixby's too smart to show any illegal dealings in writing. What's the connection between Bixby and Andrew Clark? In his letter, Clark confesses to taking cash from his employers. He lost it gambling. He went to Bixby hoping to borrow $6,000 to replace the money before the theft was discovered. He stole a little more to get the appraisal fee and signed notes to Bixby for $6,000. Then he found out he was getting only $5,000 in cash. Gosh, what a shame. $5,000 was not enough to keep Clark from being exposed as a thief. And he was about to be exposed? Right. So Clark jumped in front of that car. Yes, he did that rather than go to jail. Poor man. I'm sorry for him. Bixby does that all the time. The real estate board and everyone else has been trying to put him out of business. And perhaps we can't put him out of business, but we can at least warn the people. Lowry, write this story up and give it both barrels. Here's a copy of Clark's suicide note. Right, boss. Miss Case, tell Gunnigan I want a new lead on the Clark death. I want to keep the story on page one for several editions. I'll tell Gunnigan. Lowry, that suicide note will take care of the next edition. Get a story from Clark's widow for the final. Okay, boss. And, Miss Case, as soon as you've called the city desk, come into my office and I'll give you an editorial. Very well, Mr. Reed. I wonder if there isn't some way to get a crook like Edward Bixby. Oh, all right, Miss Case. You said you wanted to dictate an editorial about Bixby. I've been thinking about it. I don't know what what approach to use. It's another one of those situations of a crook who stays within the law. Well, it doesn't seem to matter. Huh? 
It doesn't seem to matter whether a man breaks the law or not. The police can't do anything about it. What do you mean, Miss Case? Oh, I guess I'm just reflecting Mike Axford's mood. He was talking about Marty Thurber. Oh, yes. Police Commissioner Higgins was talking about him. Apparently, he breaks the law all to pieces and gets away with it. Yes, I know. Lying witnesses and faked alibis. Gosh, Mr. Reed, what chance do decent, honest people have? If there were only some way to short-circuit all the red tape and, and throw men like Bixby and Thurber into jail and keep them there. They throw Thurber into jail, but they can't keep them there. That's what I mean. Uh, are you ready to dictate? Just a minute, Miss Case. What are you thinking about? I, um... Uh, I have the beginning of an idea. You have? Yes. Oh, do you want me to make the call for you? No, I'll do it. If I can just get Police Commissioner Higgins on his private wire. Yes? Commissioner Higgins. Oh, it's you. Hello, Brett. Commissioner, this noon we were talking about Marty Thurber. That's right. I thought this was to be about Edward Bixby. You expected you'd have to release him. And so we will. Then he hasn't been released yet? No, but it won't be long. Commissioner Higgins... You said you'd give a month's pay to put him behind bars and keep him there. I said it, and it still goes. Well, I don't want a month's pay, but I do want a concession. Let's hear it. Can you hold him until 9 o'clock tonight? Yes, but not much longer. That'll be long enough. Let him go at 9 o'clock on the nose. 9 o'clock sharp. You can count on it. But, uh, Brett, what's the angle? I can't tell you anymore right now, but I, I have an idea. Maybe it'll work, and maybe it won't. <laughs> Brett, I had a hunch you'd think of something. Is there any way I can help? There might be. Will you wait in your office until 10 o'clock tonight? Glad to. Good. You may hear from me, directly or indirectly. Goodbye. Well, this is a surprising turn of events. It sounds like an active evening. It may be. What can I do? Well, now, let me see. According to this report, Edward Bixby's office is on the top floor of the Gramercy building. Yes, Mr. Reed, it's the top floor. As I remember that old building, the, the only elevator is operated after hours by the night watchman. That's right. Telephone Edward Bixby and make an appointment for tonight. Very well. I want to be sure he's in his office. Give some phony name. It won't matter because you're not going to keep the appointment anyway. Oh? Uh, who is going to keep it? A man who wears a dark top coat, a dark hat, and a mask. Uh-oh. The Green Hornet. Well, Mr. Reed, it's a little confusing. Just who's the enemy, Edward Bixby or Marty Thurber? Both. I'm hoping to turn one against the other. Mr. Bixby? Yes, Bixby speaking. Mr. Bixby, I've got to see you. It's very important. We're in my office. I know where your office is, Mr. Bixby, but the trouble is I can't possibly get there until after hours. I know it's asking a lot, but I... Well, might I see you in the evening? Why, of course. At nine o'clock tonight? But Reed, I can tell you right now that Marty Thurber will be turned loose. I don't have to go to the cops' headquarters to find that out. Of course you don't, Axford. But I want to know what's said when he walks out of there. I want the dialogue. All right, then, Reed. I'll go to the cops. And stick until that crook is let go. 
With the preliminary preparations completed, Britt Reed was ready to act as the Green Hornet. It was shortly before nine o'clock when he and his faithful Valetito moved out of the publisher's apartment. We'll continue our story in just a moment. On your mark, get set, go! Yes, sir, boys and girls, it's a race for time now. It's hurry, rush, full speed ahead. For today is the very last time we can tell you about the greatest offer in Cheerios history. I mean the amazing Lone Ranger Frontier Town offer. You heard right. Today is the deadline. You won't be hearing about Lone Ranger Frontier Town on this show after tonight. So if you'd like to get everything you need to build an exact likeness, a perfect scale model of the same famous Wild West cow town you hear about in the exciting Lone Ranger programs, then, partner, you'd better get cooking, and fast. Man, what a town. Looks just like the real old-time West. Bridges, mine, fort, log cabins, old-time Western stores. Even an authentic old Western train. Even a stagecoach and a covered wagon. Seventy-one different Wild West models altogether. Seventy-one different models, all in full color. And they are the very same buildings and places made famous by the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Powderhorn Courthouse. Grubstake Outfitting Store, Town Meeting House, Two-Gun Tailor's House, County Jail, they're all here. Including a special model of the Lone Ranger's secret hideout. And get this, besides all these models, you also get official ground plan picture maps of the town. These maps show you where to place each model, and they also show in thrilling color all the scenic wonder surrounding the town. Famous places like Powderhorn River, Wild Horse Mesa... Sawtooth Mountains, and lots more. It's really terrific. And big, you bet. Almost three and a half by four and a half feet in size. Models are easy to put together, too. Most of them you simply press out and assemble. They're all three-dimensional. They all stand by themselves. Now then, how do you get Lone Ranger Frontier Town? Well, listen carefully. The town itself comes in four different sections. Each section consists of a ground plan map and a number of western models. If you hurry, you still have a chance to get your first section for only 10 cents and one box top from that famous cereal made from nourishing oats, all ready to eat, Cheerios. Send Cheerios box top, no matter what's printed on top, and only 10 cents. No stamps, please. We'll mail your first section, including some of the best models and one ground plan picture map. Also, we'll tell you just how easy it is to get all the other models and picture maps. Be sure to print your name and address and send immediately. Ten cents and one Cheerios box top to Green Hornet, Box 900, New York 8, New York. That's Green Hornet, Box 900, New York 8, New York. Offer good in USA only. Hurry! Now to continue our story. In accordance with his promise to Britt Reed, Police Commissioner Higgins held Marty Thurber until 9 o'clock in the evening. Michael Axford was on hand at police headquarters when the hoodlum was about to be released. Say, golly, you're walking out of here again, eh, Thurber? Save a gab, Axford. That's for you, Commissioner. Thanks for the free mail. You better get out before we change our mind and hold you overnight.
Brett Reed and Cato were parked in the shadows across the street from police headquarters. We're at nine o'clock, Mr. Brett. Look over there, Cato. Thurber's coming out right on schedule. Oh, is that Thurber? Yes. Open the door on your side and get into the back seat. Yes. I keep mask on face? Yes. Thurber, come over here. You coming, Mr. Brick? I don't think he'll be able to see this mask until he gets in the car. Hurry up, Thurber. I can't wait all night. Who are you? Who's calling me? Save the questions. Get in here. We got things to do. Hey, listen, mister. I... That mask. Yes. So you're walking out of headquarters and another phony alibi. You're the Green Hornet. That's right. Get in the car. We have a lot to talk about. Now, wait a minute. Get in here. I'll go to the cops with evidence. It'll smash your alibi to smithereens. Who's that in back? My friend. He's holding a gun on you in case you get hard to handle. We can't talk here. One of the men is watching from the door of police headquarters. Now, that guy? Who is he? A reporter. His name is Axman. He's done a lot of talking about catching the Green Hornet. He's eyeing this car. I've got to get away. Come on, hey, get in here. Go, get in here. Hey. We'll get going. I'll tell you the plans while I drive. When Axman hears that horn, he'll blow his top. Hey, Commissioner! Commissioner Higgins! Something to snatch. What do you think? Axman, what's the matter with you? Thurber got into a car across the street and I recognized the horn. He's gone with the green harness. My pals will take care of you. Be quiet until you hear what I've got to say. Your pals gave you an alibi that put you in the clear on the Nettleton job. But you and I both know you pulled that caper. And I can prove that some of the boys lied about your alibi. The cops would like that, wouldn't they? You can't prove any such thing. <laughs> you think you're the only one who has a hold on those chief hoods? Look at these, Marty. Sworn statements from some of the boys you depend on. Let me see them so fast. If I fight anyone's double-crossing me... Maybe I had more pressure on them than you have. But don't worry. I'm not hard to get along with. If I knew who gave you statements... You can have these statements after we finish tonight's job. Tonight's job? What do you mean? Trevor, I need your help on a sweet proposition. Your pals can see to it that there's no squawk from the men we're going to call on. What if I don't want to play? These statements will go to the cops. And the cops go for you. You help me and you'll get a share in the payoff. And these papers... What's the job? We're calling on a man named Bixby. Ed Bixby. Ever hear him? My name's familiar. His front is a real estate business. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I've heard of him. There's a lot of cash in his safe. You'll be a pushover. You've cased the setup? Everything is set. Bixby will be in his office waiting for us. Where is his office? Right down the next block. What's your plan? Direct action. We go right into Bixby's office. Make him open his safe. Take the cash and clear out. And then he calls the cops and I'm identified. That's a laugh. When your pals get through talking to Bixby, he won't identify anybody. Furthermore, I have a mask for you. Here. Put done. Is this like yours? Just the same. Have a gun? Of course not. You saw me walk out of headquarters. Here. Take this one. Can't be traced. Okay. What's your pal going to do while we're inside? He stays with the car. Here we are. That lighted window is in Bixby's office. We should have no trouble. Get out. That mask tight? It's all right. 
Bixby's office is on the top floor. Do we walk up? I'll ring for the elevator. Uh, the night watchman handles it. So he sees us. Don't worry, I'll take care of him. Look here, I don't like this. You don't have to like it. Just play it along and see what the payoff amounts to. Uh, here's the elevator. You'll have to sign the... Re hey, what's this? Sorry, mister. You, that man. Hey, listen, go to sleep. When you come to, we'll be out of your way. Hang on to him. I'll run the elevator up. Up we go. Hey, the watchman's passing out. Of course he is. That's why I gave him a shot of gas from this weapon. I'll leave him in the fourth floor corridor. Yeah, okay. What kind of stuff did you use in that gun? Gas. I know that, but what it's kind... It's effective. That's all you need to know. Look here on the register. Bixby's upstairs waiting for us. Yeah. Been there for over half an hour. Fourth floor. Put the watchman down there. We'll leave the elevator right here so we can get down in a hurry. Bixby's office is down this way. Now look here, fella. Get this straight. Don't try any funny tricks on this deal. Funny tricks? What are you talking about? Just remember... I've got plenty of friends, and they do as I say. I know all about your friends. Yeah, here we are. You have that gun ready? Yeah. Then we'll go right in. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Masked, both of you. And armed. Get him up, Bixby. Uh, you see here if this is a robbery. That's I... just what it is. You're going to open that safe for us, Bixby. No, no. Oh, yes, you are. Because if you don't, we'll use these guns. Yes. Then open it our way. Cato, waiting at the curb, watched the fourth floor window until he saw the signal of a drawn shade. Acting on instructions from Britt Reed, he drove home in the shortest possible time, put the car away, and telephoned Police Commissioner Higgins. Hello, Commissioner Higgins speaking. I have a message for you, Mr. Commissioner. Yes? Bixby? Thief with hornet mask in Gramercy billing office. Send police at once. Right. <laughs> the first time Edward Bixby's voice has sounded like a Filipino. Hey, Sergeant. Send a squad car to the Gramercy building right away. There's a robbery in Bixby's office. Something snake. Something about the Green Hornet. Come on, let's get going. think you'll get away with this, huh? I'll have the law on you, both of you. Bixby, keep still while we see what you have in this safe. I won't keep still. I've, I've heard enough from you. Take this. No, no. Hey, you gave him the works. He'll sleep until we're finished. There's a lot of dough in that safe. Clean it out. Here, put it in this bag while I keep an eye on the street below. You'd better raise that window shade. Someone might see it across the street. I don't need to raise it. I can look under the edge. Hurry up with that cash. We want to get out of here. You're telling me. While Marty cleaned out the safe, Rick Reed kept a sharp watch on the street below. Presently, he saw a police car pull to the curb. Then he turned from the window. Snap into it, Marty. What's taking us along? Got all the cash. I was just looking through some of these record books. Maybe there's some stuff we can use. Never mind them. Take the cash and let's get out of here. Come on. I'm ready. What about his nibs? You don't want him to testify against us, do you? How can he? We both wore masks. I don't take any chances. 
What are you going to do with him? If you don't know what happens to him, you can't answer any questions. Now listen, Marty. Take the cash and go downstairs. Tell my pal in the car to come up here on the double. Then what? I'll give him instructions about Bixby, then I'll join you in the car. I'll get going. You're trusting me? You won't double-cross me. With all this cash? If you're inclined to run away with it, just remember I still have documents to smash your alibi. You'll get them when we're through. Okay. You can run the elevator, can't you? Sure. And get going. On the ground floor, Michael Axford was with the men in uniform who entered the building and approached the elevator. Don't ring the bell, Axford. The elevator's coming down. Ah, so it is. Now get to one side. You fellas get over there and be ready to jump when the door opens. This might be the hornet. Yes, sure. Now get ready. Take him! Right. Holy cow! Cops! He's mad! Hey. Nan and... Why, you... Pull a gun on us, sir. It's empty. I've been double-crossed. No, you don't. I'll fix this ball, By golly, I've been waiting a long time for this. Oh. Good work, Axford. Holy crow, I got him. Hold him up, Cassidy, while they pull off that mask. Right. <laughs> now we'll see who this lug is. What? Why, it's Marty Thurber. He's not the Hornet. You're telling me. But he was with the Hornet. I saw him pull away from the cop's headquarters. Maybe the Hornet is still upstairs. Let's go find out. Come on. You guys keep an eye on Thurber. Right. Is that all you can tell me, Mr. Reed? Well, that's all there is to tell, Miss Case. While the police were on their way up in the elevator, I went down the fire escape and came directly here at the office. Well, then you don't know how anything turned out. No, but I think you'll find you haven't waited in vain. Axford will have the story. Speaking of the devil. He's in the outer office. Come in, Axford. Oh, Danny Reed, I'm glad you're here. You too, Casey. Who actually heard the news? What is it, Michael? <laughs> By golly, we got Marty Thurber for keeps. He and the Green Hornet teamed up to rob Ed Bixby. Bixby, of all people. Someone called the tip into cops' headquarters. We got Thurber as he was getting off the elevator, and he had a sack full of Bixby's money with him. What's more, he was masked like the Green Hornet. <laughs> he tried to shoot his way out, but the jug had forgot to load his gun. <laughs> Well, what about the Green Hornet? Nah, he got away again, leaving the night watchman unconscious in the fourth floor corridor and Bixby unconscious in his office. I wonder if Thurber's gang will intimidate Bixby and make him leave town rather than testify against Thurber. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. But even so, it won't matter. The cops have got Thurber this time. They got him good. And as for Bixby, his records were spread all over the office. When they're made public, he'll be washed up even if he don't leave town. What does Thurber have to say, Michael? Oh, golly, is he mad. He's raving he was framed, but no one's paying any attention to him. I see. But by golly, Reed, on the other hand, I'm wondering. Someone called the cops' headquarters, and it wasn't Bixby, and it wasn't the night watchman. <laughs> Maybe the Green Hornet did put Thurber behind the eight balls. If he did, by golly, he sure done a swell job of it. <laughs> Hurry, boys and girls, hurry as you've never hurried before. 
Hurry to the nearest grocery and get a package of Cheerios, the cereal shaped like tiny crispy donuts. Then tear off the box top and send it with 10 cents and your printed name and address to get your Lone Ranger Frontier Town. Mail to Green Hornet, Box 900, New York 8, New York. Offer now closing on this program. Send for yours today or tomorrow, sure. That's Green Hornet, Box 900, New York 8, New York. Hurry! You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by Cheerios, the breakfast cereal that's made from good, old-fashioned, nourishing oats, all ready to eat. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. These are George W. Trundle productions, directed by Charles D. Livingston. This story was written by Fran Stryker, and the part of the Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night at the same time over most of these same stations, the Great Stallion Silver carries the Lone Ranger on a thrilling ride for justice in another exciting story of the Old West. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.